Everybody and welcome into another episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Costello here with Chip Murphy. We're gonna have a fun show today. We're we're in the midst of this stretch of games that we've kind of been featuring for you know, ever since the second half schedule really came out. To be honest, um, you know, looking at it and trying to kind of go, okay, what is this team gonna have to do leading up to this? You kind of hope they're not just hanging on at this point, which obviously with that nine game win streak. We aren't just hanging on to making the playoffs. We're trying to hold on for home court advantage in the first round, uh, which we still are hanging on to. Uh, But, you know, before we go into the the Nugget game and uh, the rough first quarter and all that, I think this stretch of games, they started off right, right? Like they went in, they beat the teams they're supposed to. You got to beat Houston. You cannot start off this this road trip losing to Houston and I know the guys uh featured it on the on the pre and post game show for the MSG they were talking about how the Knicks usually do not play well in Houston they don't have a a winning record there they really haven't won there I think I I forgot what year they were saying but it's been quite quite some time since we won in Houston uh so that was a game that we absolutely needed to have and they came out and and just there was no letdown there was nothing uh, no doubt in that game at all. They played very, very well and took care of business. Uh, then you have the back-to-backs with uh, Memphis, having to travel to Memphis. And again, thought the team looked great. I thought their energy uh, right from the start was was great. You can kind of see Memphis got frustrated in that game. Uh, several technicals. Uh, I think John Morant ended up getting tossed, if I'm not mistaken, by the end of it. Yeah, uh, Taylor Jenkins too, Grizzlies yes, coach, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of uh, frustrations for them, but the Knicks did exactly what they needed to do, uh, and played well in both those games. And then you know they get to Denver, and I'll be honest, I was under the impression I got tonight's game because we're recording this on Friday. They're taking on Phoenix at ten o'clock tonight. I knew there was a ten o'clock start, and I thought it was Wednesday. So I thought Friday was a nine o'clock start. I just I and instead of checking. I just assumed I was right, and I kid you not, Chip, it was 10 o'clock. I finished the Yankee game. I switched over to um, the league pass, and I see they're in the second quarter already. Oh, you missed it. Good. Seven points. Yeah. Good, good. (laughs) I I even tweeted out. I said, well, I thought this game started at nine. Mm, Guess I didn't miss anything at least because it was bad. So I actually – I, I had no idea how it got to that point. My understanding after the game was Nick's outscored them uh, the rest of the way through. It was just a dreadful first quarter where nothing went right for them, and that resulted in um, you know, a lopsided loss. They were you know a step behind, it really seemed, from what I was watching, uh, but really struggled in that first quarter of the game. And, Chip, you, you, you've seen it, so you'll know better than me how that, that game went and how it broke Jokic, down in that first quarter. Yeah, Denver had the MVP of the league. Jokic yeah. just played like an MVP. That was the best quarter of basketball I've seen anybody play against the Knicks. Yeah, that was he was just incredible. And yeah, the look he gets a lot of calls. He's the MVP, but uh, 
look, he, that was the best pass, quarter of basketball maybe that I've seen a guy, most dominant anyway, that I've seen a guy play this year. So, yeah, Jokic just took over. He's the MVP, and that's why we lost. Like, that, it's the same reason we lost the Phoenix game. Yeah. You know, they had Chris Paul. We didn't. Yeah. Yep. They had the MVP. We didn't. Like, it's – and even, like, we did get smoked in the first quarter. Towards the end of the game in the second half, we kind of started to make a little run, and then Denver just kept out-talenting us. You know, yep. they have more talent. It's not like we, we didn't give up on that game. They never gave up on that game, and that was the most encouraging part of it. Yeah, and, I mean, again, you, I, what I've seen – I jump into it, and I see 27 points – and we're not even at halftime for, for Jokic, and I was going, my God, he's just tearing us apart. They were talking about it. He just – whatever he wanted to do, he did. Anything that he wanted to do, especially early on in that game, he just they, the Knicks just had no answer for him throughout the whole game. Um, but, you know, you make the good point about how they didn't quit. They didn't give up. It could have – it was lopsided at the end, of the end of the game. But they – you know, R.J. Barrett was 0 for 8 in the first half or, or – for most of the first half, you know, by the time I tuned in, he started hitting three balls in that, uh, in that right corner uh, to kind of get his day started. I think he hit back-to-back threes, which led to a timeout in there. So he started getting going. And, you know, I, I, I don't I, – I can't believe I'm going to have to get into this again, but I have to because it's just something that I've been seeing. Chip, uh, of course, you, you can guess. It's not on Twitter. It's on Facebook um, with, with the Nick Facebook. Oh, I thought but, you were going to do an Alfred Payton thing. You're gonna oh, Nick, no, 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 you're no. You're going to do a is, Nick's Facebook thing? Okay. Th- this is a Nick Facebook thing because I, I've just seen it 35 billion times again. After one game, everybody's talking about, you know, and, and I, I know this was the case with Bridges and Phoenix after, um, you know, after that game. And Bridges had a great game, by the way, big in that fourth quarter too, by the way. And everybody was saying, you know, we could have drafted him over Kevin Knox. But in the Denver game, of course, Chip, I think you know where I'm going with this. It's the Michael Porter Jr. thing where everybody goes, we could add him. We could – it's – I, I don't get why this doesn't register. And, yeah, back in that draft, I wanted to take the chance on Michael Porter Jr. I remember that. But the more that I thought about it, once again, if we drafted Michael Porter Jr. with his back surgery – He had a he fucking had broken out, back. Yeah. Do you think the Knicks fans, the Knicks organization in general, would have been as patient with him? No. As soon as he had back problems, everybody would have freaked the hell out. They probably would have rushed him back on the court. And people love to say, well, you don't know that for sure. I'm just judging it based off the dysfunction that we have seen from the Knicks organization up until this year. But if you think back, a lot of dysfunction. That's just something that I think they would do. Send him out there before he was even ready. And if he got off to the slow start, people would be calling him a bust as well. Again, it goes back to the point that some people are just – they get drafted in the right situation. Michael Porter Jr. is a good player, but he was drafted in a great situation. He didn't have to rush back. You know, they can ease him into it. Because remember, when he first came back on the court, he wasn't playing big minutes. Matter of fact, he didn't start playing a, a, a meaningful minutes until right before the season shut down. And then in the bubble. That's the first time Michael Porter Jr. was playing some big, important minutes. It's, it's a year and a half into his, since he's been drafted. There is no way the Knicks would have been that patient with him. So I, I think if you want to complain more about the Knox pick, 
you should complain more about bridges, how we passed on bridges over Knox. That is, I think you can get into, and I'd be fine with it. But the, the Michael Porter Jr. thing, as much as I, I would say I want him, uh, that it's just not the same to me. I, th- I just don't think the same success would have worked out for him in New York as it did in Denver. I think it was the best situation that he got drafted in. Uh, I think he was the 14th pick, the last lottery pick. And they already had some players where they can kind of wait it out. And, you know, good for them. And he is a good player. Well, no, I, I, I just don't see the same success with the Knicks. Well, I think I, I just don't. Porter is excusable because so many teams were scared off by his back. And mm-hmm. so it – the ones that are inexcusable – Mikael Bridges is completely inexcusable because he was right. in their building and the reports that they were highly interested in him and people thought they were going to draft him. And he apparently wanted to be a Nick. Like, he's from the area. He went to Villanova, and they passed on him. Right. Bridges is inexcusable passing on him. And then passing on Shea Gilgis-Alexander, too. Look at what he's turning out to be. Right. Pass, those are the guys that it's inexcusable to pass on, not Porter. When so many teams – like, Porter, I know he was the number one overall high school recruit, but he missed his entire college uh solo season like he didn't play people no one thought there was maybe a small amount of people who thought he was going to be this good like there were people who thought like his career wouldn't even take off because his back injury was so bad that's why he slipped to 14th it's just when you have a back and something serious that like you required surgery and everything kind of like you said you you have no no guarantee you're going to come back and be the guy. And there was a lot of question marks about it. So slipping was definitely something that's going to happen. I just, I think people see the success and go, okay, that could have been for us. You got to look at many different factors that go into it. It's not, not everything is as simple as it seems. And I think that case, I think it was just him being drafted in a great situation where he can kind of take his time get into it because if he's drafted as a Nick a few years back, he's going to be looked at to be one of our guys, right? Like our, our he's a big time high school prospect. You know, he was looked at to be a top pick when the season started, then the back injury, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think the expectations was, no, we need him on the floor. Now we need him to dominate now. I don't and accept that though. It's just, I don't accept I, that. As you don't think that? I mean, maybe, but I, if that's a reason that they passed on him, then that's a horrible excuse to pass Oh, no, on no, no. That's not, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's – I think the back is why they, they passed on him. Yeah. I'm just talking about the Nick fans that are saying we should have took the chance on it. I'm just saying in general. Like, I think it would have been a disaster. I really do. I think his development would not have – I just don't think well, so. Well, with – Maybe with I don't have faith in Mills him. in charge and David Fisdale. Oh, right. my God. That's, yes, that, that's what I'm talking about. Not, not so much uh, the reason why the Knicks did, because I think the Knicks passed on, like they said, just so many other teams did too because of the back injury. I doubt they even seriously looked at him. Yeah. Knowing, knowing those two idiots, they probably didn't even give him a second look. Right. So I just, I just see that every time we kind of play Denver, I think, and I agree with you. I think, you know, Bridges and, uh, and I forgot about Shea Alexander. Um, those are the real ones that we can kind of look at and scratch our heads more so than the Michael Porter Jr. I know, I know it, we could have took them and I get that, but it doesn't bother me as much as, as some of these other guys is, is all I'm saying there. 
Mikhail um, Bridges is the one that bothers me the most I, um, because yeah. it was everyone was saying it was down to Bridges and Knox, and right? Like, and Bridges is literally playing against us in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, right? He's playing meaningful minutes and in hitting threes in games, hitting threes against us. Yep. And Knox is at the end of the bench. It's yep. like that one hurt. Yeah, <laughs> that one hurt for sure. So, I. I just I've seen that and just wanted to address it once again because I do think it is something that gets talked about a little bit and it's going to be talked about with a lot of different players because it doesn't seem like Kevin Knox is is going to work out. Uh, so, you know, just to get that out of the way here. But back on to uh, the rest of this trip coming up. You know, again, the main thing is you get you get the wins that you you need. Memphis, not an easy win, but you need it. They did Big it. Win though. Great yeah, win. big big win for them. Uh, Houston was the easy one. They get that one. And then, you know, you, you expect uh, at some point that they might have a game like they did, and they got off to a slow start and uh, lost to a team, as Chip, you said, at the MVP of the league, uh, being a great supporting cast. Um, you know, I honestly thought that with the injury to um, Murray – that they could have some kind of drop off. I was one that thought, okay, they might slide down a little bit. And I did now I don't think they're sliding down at all. Like seeing that uh what Compazzo or however you pronounce it. Yeah, they came out with that big starting lineup. They played Michael Porter Jr. at the two. Yeah, and they just totally overmatched us to start out the game. Like so and I don't think there's anything wrong. They're 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 ahead of us, right? I mean I I am not telling anybody something they shouldn't know. They're they're ahead of us with their development of their players and things like that. They have an MVP candidate. I'm not really bothered by the loss. Uh, and now they turn around against Phoenix, which Phoenix at the garden a couple of weeks back, you know, we had our opportunities to win it. What it came down to is again, kind of like you've been saying, Chip, they had Chris Paul. But I mean, that's when it got tight, it got close. The man made plays. Yeah, he made video game shots to be exactly. Us, so I mean, there's legit. If you if you're watching that game and watching the defense that was played, there were times that Bullock was right on top of him, hand right in his face, and the man hit the shot. There's not a damn mm-hmm. thing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Uh, I mean, you just shake his hand, and that's really all that game was. Um, you know, but I think you you have a pretty lopsided loss against Denver, you know, I think I'm looking for a better start to the game, you know, and, if, and I'm hoping they put up that fight. But, again, I think this is going to be a tough one to try to win and steal. Phoenix is, what, number one in the West right now? There's a reason for that. I, I mean, they, they are legit. They are very, very good. And it, it's I, – I actually won't actually be able to watch the game tonight, to be honest. I don't know when I'll be able to. I'm going to hide from the scores, though, Chip. I'm not cutting off notifications and everything else. You know, it's a 10 o'clock game, of course, so I got the radio show in the morning. Usually I come home and uh, I'll watch the game uh, as soon as I get home, but tomorrow I got the bachelor party. So we'll be spending the day uh, at the golf course and then going out to dinner. So I won't be able to watch it then. I'm going to have to try to find some time to sneak this one through, but I just hope tonight that we – you know, we can, we'll be competitive. We'll fight and have a, all I can ask for is this kind of like back in the, in, in the game in the garden, just have a chance to win it at the end. That's kind of all that I can hope for and expect to see. And um, hopefully 
we're the ones making the plays, but you know, they, they got a lot of guys that already have that kind of experience of closing games out. And um, hopefully we can flip the script and get it done, but it's going to be a tough one, Chip. What do you think about the game tonight? The game tonight, I actually give us a pretty good shot because, you know, Phoenix, maybe this is a little cliche, but Phoenix did play us already and beat us. And I right. think it's hard to beat. It's very beat hard to, yep. Back to back. And also, I think they're going to come out hot after a blowout loss like that. I'm sure Tibbs has been all over them. Yeah, since that oh, yeah. since Denver. And they already almost beat Phoenix once. I know it's on the road this time. Obviously, totally different situation. And I just saw before we came on here that it's uh, – I don't know if there's been an update since, but quickly was listed as uh, doubtful for tonight. Well, that's not – that's not, no, I don't like to hear that. Which uh, is not ideal. Nope. But, yeah, but uh, – I just – I don't know. I don't see them not being able to compete two games in a row. You know what right. I mean? I, I don't see them getting waxed two games in a row by 20-point deficits. I just – not this Thibodeau team yet. I don't think those teams – his teams are like that. So uh, Yeah, and I, I think that's been the case this year. There's been games that they've been lopsided a little flat. I mean, there's some games yeah. you just go, man, they, they just didn't have it today. And next game, they, they have it turned around. It's, and, you know, every team's going to go through a stretch throughout the season where it's just not – they don't have their best stuff. But that's been the most impressive thing or one of the most impressive things about them this year is um, they, they don't seem to have these long droughts. They've had some losing streaks. They had like five-game losing streaks. But a lot of those, it wasn't like they got blown out in all five games, right? I mean, they had some games that came down to the wire. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a game. I think they come out with more energy uh, than they did with uh, against Denver. And I think, again, just give yourself a chance to win it. That's all you can ask for on the road against a, a top team in the Western Conference is you just want that opportunity in crunch time to have the opportunity to execute, make a few plays, and get the job done. That's all you can kind of ask for. And, you know, also that's the kind of experience that you need to have, uh, you know, as you look to go into the playoffs, these kind of games. That's how it's going to be, executing under pressure and, you know, performing at a high level in these kind of situations. So um, I, think it's, I, I think it's beneficial as well. I think, again, that's very obvious to say I'm not telling anybody something they don't know, but these games kind of have a playoff feel type thing and kind of get us ready for it. So um, hopefully we come out with much better effort, much better energy tonight against a really good Phoenix team. So with that being said, not a lot of Nick news, not a lot of things. So instead of kind of leaving a podcast short or you know trying to force some kind of topic in there, well, you know, Chip, you've done this a few times already with the show. Here we go a little off topic here. I know that's typically what we do in general, but uh, some other topics we kind of bring in. Me and you are both New York Jet fans. Uh, the the draft concluded uh, last week. Actually going to be a big topic of, of my show tomorrow, going through, giving draft grades and all that. Uh, but the New York Jets, obviously no shocker once they traded Sam Donald. We're going to take – 
Uh, quarterback at number two, they took Zach Wilson, which all the reports were telling us for a while that was going to be the case. Uh, just curious, Chip, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? Oh, I'm very excited about Zach. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, we all knew they were going to take him, but I was one of those people who was pumped, tank for Trevor all year long. I oh, wanted yeah. Trevor Lawrence so bad. I know you wanted him too. I didn't come out of my room after we beat the Rams. Yeah. I, realized <laughs> I, was I was on so... Christmas break. I didn't leave my room for a week. I was so bummed. And then once I realized it wasn't happening and once I realized they were zeroing in on Zach Wilson, I was like, all right, I'm going to look up Zach Wilson. And I'm like, you know what? He's my guy. Yeah, I got to see what what can we do about him. And I like him so far. I, I really like what I've seen from him. And, you know, it's really it's impossible to know, I feel like, with these quarterbacks until you get – see them on a football field because who the fuck could have thought that Josh Allen would be this good <laughs> in a million years Mate, <laughs> you, I, you thought, I promise a, you after yes. what you saw at Wyoming yes 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 I was high on Josh Allen now honestly back in that draft I thought Donald was going number one so I had no, never talked about Sam Darnold with the Jets at all during our, 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 our coverage. Of course, but when he we, sucked. Darnold. When we went, when we went um, you know, down to it, we talked about Baker, we talked about uh, Allen, and we talked about Rosen. And I was the minority person at the radio station that said, I want Josh Allen out of any of those guys. I, I had Josh Allen that high. I, I'd, I'd seen him. I was intrigued by the, 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 the big old body, the athleticism, the competitiveness. Um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I thought he would be this good, but I, w I wanted him. I, I absolutely did. Now, when, when Baker went one and I realized we were getting Darnold, I was so freaking pumped about that. Um, but, yeah, of course he sucked, as you, know, you pointed out. Now, with this draft, uh, Zach Wilson was somebody that I kind I knew it was going to happen. All the reports were saying it. I still wasn't, I'm still not fully convinced that Sam Darnold can't turn it around if you actually build around him and give him a chance. So I was on that, that bubble. Do we take another quarterback? I understand the pros and, and the cons on both sides, but I was leaning to wanting to keep uh, Sam Darnold and kind of build around him. But once they traded him, I knew it was going to be a quarterback. I like Justin Fields as well, but I agree. I think Zach Wilson, I had him slightly ahead just because of the arm talent and, you know, mobility as well. But you have an offensive line like the Jets, you got to be able to move. You got to be able to get out of the pocket, extend plays, and the kid as a cannon. Um, so those are some things that I really, really like about uh, Zach Wilson. I still have some question marks. Um, I'm not like completely sold on him, but I'm not disappointed. I'm not sitting here going, oh crap, here we go again. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he can do, but I mean, four years ago, I thought we had the stud. I thought, you know, Sam Donald was going to be the man and just turn things around for us. And it did not quite work out. So I don't have that hype level. I, I it might be just because I did once before and it fell just down year one. You could tell, yeah, that's probably not going to be it. But the kid has a lot of talent, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, and, and, of course, they'll be here uh, down, um, down by me twice this year. They'll be taking on Carolina 
Uh, so we'll get to see Sam. I'm going to that game, and then I'm going to try to work it out when they come to uh, Atlanta to check them out against the Falcons as well. So I, I hope to get out to a couple of Jet games this year. So um, second pick, though, uh, we traded into the – back into the oh, – well, we had the 23rd pick. We moved down to 14 uh, with the Vikings. Uh, and I was wondering what they were going to do. I knew we needed offensive line help. And uh, the Jets, did a, I thought, did a great job getting Vera Tucker at a USC. Basically what that does for me, Chip, I feel has fixed the left side of the field. And I'm trying not to scream and yell right now, but Clint Frazier literally just went airborne and just took away a double. Uh, that was incredible. Hats off to you, sir. Back to my main point now, but my God, what a catch. Clint Red Frazier Thunder. made a defensive play. I mean, that was that gorgeous. Uh, Chip, if you haven't seen it yet, this man just left his feet completely airborne and dove and just saved a double from happening. Clint, Clint needs some love. He, wow. He needs a little love. I love Clint Frazier. I know he's starting off strong right now. I'm not with the rest of the Yankee fans that want him gone. I love Clint Frazier. That was a hell of a catch. Um, but back to my point, I feel like the left side of the offensive line is fixed with Becton and Vera Tucker. I don't think we're going to worry about our left side for the next 10 years uh, or more. Um, so I, I, automatic instant upgrade for the – I think he's given up like two sacks and two penalties in the last two years. Jeez. So, I mean, he's highly damn productive. So um, I thought it was a very, very good smart move by Douglas. Even though we lost our third round, it was a necessary move to get one of the top offensive linemen in the game. So I like it. Um, and I thought the, the first day for the Jets were really good. Um, and then in the third round, or the, yeah, the second round, excuse me, the second day, they get Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. And I'm curious, Chip, that we were talking a little bit about this before we came on. I know a lot of Jet fans were not at first on board. I think it's because we need cornerbacks. I was expecting them maybe to go defense there. They get more. Well, I have seen before. Um, I, I watched him in the Mississippi game where he pretended to be a bulldog and go over to the bush and lift his leg and pee and cost his team the game. So when, when I heard him drafted, I said, oh, God, I hope he doesn't do anything like that, but I know he's fast as all hell. Um, so wh what did you think about the move? I, I think it's great giving us a guy that's a speed threat that can just stretch out the field. I think that could be a great combination between uh, Wilson and uh, uh, Moore. Oh, I was thrilled when they took him. I guess I didn't notice anybody complaining that we didn't take a corner there. I mean, I I thought they were going to go defense since yeah. they went offense with the first two picks. And then they ended up going offense again and taking a running back. And I was even more surprised. But, yeah, I was stunned when they took him. I was like, holy shit. And then uh, we were talking about it, like you said before, and then they had Lavernius Coles announcing the pick too. It was just very cool. Yeah, right. the whole – situation and they were yeah he's a speed guy they had no speed yeah they tr of course they got rid of Robbie Anderson yeah I mean I, I don't see why you wouldn't be happy about the pick he just looks like a guy who can play yeah every right. everything every piece of film about him in college like I, I like him I I can't I can't wait to watch him in the offense yeah. a guy that is going to be fun to watch again yeah, you know, Robbie Anderson was really fucking fun to watch. So, this guy's yeah, – well, I'm glad this guy's that. on the team. 
Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Everybody's like, we already have Crowder. We already have a slot guy. It's, it's like, look, you have speed. It kills, man. Like, I know I know Stephen Hill drafted for for speed oh. back in the day when we took him over oh. Alshon Jeffries, by the way, which I, I, I'd say this a thousand and one times, but I almost broke the screen of my television when that happened. You should have known Stephen Hill was going to suck in an offense that ran the triple option. What, what route did he run? Like, you, you should have just known that. From a team that doesn't throw doesn't the ball. Doesn't pass the ball. Yeah, I mean. Who does that? You should that? have known that. You should have known that was going to be bad. And and so some people that's, like to bring out, well, speed doesn't mean everything. This this guy can play. That's got to be one of the worst draft picks in NFL oh, history, God. right? Uh, I've never, I'll <laughs> never forget. And now Sean goes the next pick. I could not believe what the hell they did. That's that's just goodness gracious. But overall, you know, as we move down, the the next pick for them was Michael Carter the running back out of uh, North Carolina, who I've seen several times. Um, one thing about him, man, he's tiny. I, I think they have him listed as like 5'9". I don't think he's five foot nine, but, hey, you know, Darian Sproles was a hell of a running back. You know, speed, quickness, cut, couldn't see him behind the offensive line. Um, I, think, I think he's a nice depth guy. Um, after that, you know, a lot of these guys, Chip, that we get, uh, I know only a little bit about him. I'm not going to pretend to sit there and yeah. go, oh, I know all about him. You know, I, I hear some things about him. Um, I do know um, the corner out of Pittsburgh, Pinnock or somebody like that, mm-hmm. um, is – I've seen him a few times. He was one of those corners that didn't get thrown his way a whole lot. Uh, so a lot of people feel like that was a steal for the Jets in like the fifth round I think they got him. So I thought that way. I think that's two years in a row because I thought last year they got the cornerback out of Virginia, and again he just left my freaking mind. I don't know why because I've been very very high on him. Uh, he started a few games for us this year um, at the back end of the season and played very very well. And I I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I'm gonna have to look this up because it's it's worth uh, saying his name because I think the kid could be a steal for the Jets. Um, who, who are you talking about? The kid from Virginia Tech, you said. I think we took. I think he's from Virginia. Virginia, uh, and it was last year's draft. So, I'm tr- and I know he started this season. Uh, not really playing at first, and then and then last year uh, kind of got thrown into it at the end and played some top receivers. I thought did a pretty good job. Um, so this is terrible that I, I forgot his name. Bryce Hall? Bryce Hall, thank you. That was it, yeah. I like Bryce Hall. I think Bryce Hall would have been a, a late first-rounders, early second-round pick if he didn't get hurt uh, his, his senior year of college um, where he had the, the leg injury and missed all that time and fell to the Jets back. Fifth, I think the Jets got him in the sixth round. So point I'm making is I think, I think they could got a steal out of Hall last year and then this kid this year out of Pittsburgh could be a steal – other than that, you know, like these other guys, like I said, I've heard there were good picks. The Jets are getting good uh, draft grades overall. I know those don't really mean anything, and you never really know until you see these guys come out and play, and sometimes it takes years to kind of find out who they really are. I just want to make one note, though, Chip. One of the uh, media outlets that throws out draft grades uh, gave the Jets like a B or something like that or a B- minus for their overall, jet, uh, overall draft. Uh, that was CBS Sports. 
They lost all their damn credibility with me when they told me Emmanuel quickly was a D plus. I don't even count their damn grade. That made no damn difference to me. See, we tossed it back to the Knicks. They're the same people that said Emmanuel quickly was a big reach for the Knicks, and now they're apologizing. For then it. they tried to goof on themselves by yep. tweeting yep. it out. Yeah. They don't have no credit. Their draft grade means nothing to me. I, I don't even care what they put. It means nothing. So, overall, I thought I thought it was pretty good. And I'm like you, Chip. I'm not actually looking forward. Even though we have, like, what, like five, six months left until we get football. But you get the draft, and it kind of starts getting you itching a little bit. Like, you're ready for some football to come back. Usually for us, by week two, we hate football. Shit, might be after week one we hate football. But it's, it's just good to see them out there. So, I, I thought it'd be fun we'd talk a little draft as well here. I thought they did pretty well. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, – of what they can do. And I, and again, kind of like uh, the Knicks, like we were saying uh, last year, really uh, is we felt like it was the first time in a while that we felt pretty confident about what the front office was doing. Like we kept saying that and saying that, no, we didn't think the Knicks were going to have this kind of season they had this year. I sure as hell didn't. I had them winning 17 to 21 games in that freaking in that realm. So um, I think I can say the same thing with the jets. I think for the first time in a while, I like the, the the front office. I like the head coach. I think things are moving into the right direction. I'm not saying they'll be able to kind of turn it around as fast as the Knicks did, but gives me a little hope is all I'm saying, Chip. I don't know. You agree with that? Yeah. I think this is the most confident I've been in a Jets front office coach maybe in my life. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, the other I, coaches that had success, we just kind of they just kind of spring out of nowhere and we go, okay, yeah. great, it works, you know, you know. Like this I loved Rex life. Ryan, I loved right. Rex Ryan, but I don't even remember who the GM was when he was the coach. I just so. remember who the GM was after he got fired. Yes, Isaac. Yeah, know? yeah, I remember who the shitty GM was. Yeah, that he hated. Yeah, but no, I was it Tannenbaum. Oh, then, yeah. Yeah, it was Tannenbaum, then it was Isaac, and then it was McCagman. And now it's at Douglas. So that, that's mm-hmm. what it was. So it, it was Tannenbaum, who uh, was an awful analyst, by the way. Just terrible. Yeah, he Comes sucks. up with some stupid stuff. Now you know why he don't got a job in the league no more. He sucks. And he's burned all his bridges, <laughs> too, just like Rex. Yeah. Like stuff he says, yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. That's a good point there. And uh, Stanton's not human. Oh, dang it. Anytime the ball goes out the right field, the Yankee Stadium, it's going to go, and he caught it right at the wall. God, we're down by a run. I thought it was there. I thought we were taking the lead back on a two-run shot. Just doing play-by-play during the God. podcast. <laughs> we don't need Michael K. yelling, see ya. You got me doing it. God. Oh, well. But, Chip, anything else you would like to add here before we wrap this one up? No, I don't think so, man. I'm good. I think I said my piece as well. We'll continue it on uh, as looking. I know you guys got uh, some show scheduled coming up. I think you guys have one planned for next Tuesday. Uh, We might have another one. We'll kind of see how that kind of goes next week. Um, You know, we're kind of working on some things, some of the schedule things for sure. So we'll kind of see how that one goes. But I do know you guys got something planned for Tuesday. Um, So I'm I'm hoping – if we got something on the back week, I, I will make time for that one. I know I'm missing Tuesday. I got the wedding coming up, got things new, got some family coming into town, things like that. So I'll be running around. But you and Danny, and, and you'll try and work out some guests 
for the show. We'll kind of continue talking about the uh, the road trip for the Knicks here. Some of the big games. Obviously, we'll re- recap the Phoenix game and then what's coming up left and uh, some of the the big headlines as the season is crunching up here. So, plenty more to go uh, left in this big important stretch of games here, trying to hold on to home uh, home court for the playoffs. So. That's all the time we have. We'll be back with another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.